Real business owners telling real stories and experiences. Welcome to the show. What's up, everybody? Time for another podcast. I'm here with my boy, Joe Kovac. Say hi, Joe. Hey! Oh, my gosh. This is going to be so much fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, Joe is the owner of Kovac Auto out here in uh, the Davie area. Uh, so, the auto industry, uh, he's been doing it for a while. Going to share some good tips. So, the first thing we'd like to talk about is I want to hear the story of Kovac Auto, how it developed, how it grew, how you got to this point. So, share away, brother. I'll tell you. So, I started... Um Actually, in Akron, Ohio, I lived there. I'm sorry. <laughs> it was a long time ago. And um, and my dad had, a, had an opportunity to buy into a Cad- Cadillac dealership, and it just didn't work out. And he was pissed off and and didn't know what he wanted to do. And his brother worked for Goodyear and said, hey, you got to get the tire business. It's pretty good. And my dad said, boy, if I can find one in South Florida, I'm gone tomorrow. And long and short, <laughs> boom, we were, we were gone. We packed up. My dad and I came down here together and... 1976, and we opened the store together, and um, my mother and my sisters followed us. About six months later, we left them up there in the cold, and they said, enough of this BS. Yeah. Got down here. Yeah, good idea. So anyway, then we um, we started with one store in, in Davie, a little store, and um, then we opened stores in Hollywood, Cooper City, and Weston, and um, had the little empire there. And then as my dad got ready to retire, um, uh, I relocated my Davy store and bought the building and the other stores I was renting and I just didn't want to bounce around and it, multiple locations are challenging sometimes and um, so I sold the uh, the three um, lease facilities and now I run this one and uh, it's nice so we've got a good customer base a lot of our customers from Cooper City and Hollywood and Weston still come to Davy to see us so we have a, a wonderful customer base and that's where we are today. So what were you doing before you got in the in the tire business when you came down here? What were you doing? I was 16 years old. Oh, so not much. Nothing. <laughs> okay. Nothing. So this is what you've been doing your whole life. My whole life. I had a little brief stint. I went to Colorado to college. Yeah? What college? University of Northern Colorado. Okay. What would you study? Business. Okay. Nice class. I had a small business management uh, emphasis. But the uh, that was really my greatest job. I was the uh, Coors Campus rep. So here I am, 19 years old, and all I have to do is go around campus and say, hey, you guys had to drink Coors, and I'm going to pick up the tab for you. Oh, you were literally Coors. I thought you said Coors. You, were for, you worked for Coors, the beer company. I worked for Coors, the beer company. Oh Gave my me all gosh. my clothes, set my apartment up with a kegerator. Never ran out of beer. I was a popular guy in college. You had to be the most popular guy. I thought I had a great time in college, Joe. So you talked a little bit about how you had multiple locations, and it was challenging, right? I always tell people, you know, I do a lot of small businesses, and they always want to either open up multiples or franchise it out. And I always try to help them out by saying that the hardest location to open is always the second. Because you don't have the same amount of time to dedicate like you did to the first. What were some challenges you had running multiple locations? Well, you know, and, and when you open your first store and you work with your personnel and you get just the right manager, the right mechanics, you're happy. And then you say, well, 
I'm pretty good. It's, let's do it again. We didn't realize it took you three years to get that perfect crew. Mm-hmm. And you open the second store and you're thinking, oh, what the hell was I thinking? <laughs> yeah. And yeah. you're struggling. And what I found is multiple stores, at least in our business, because we're hands on, we're fixing people's car. We've got to make sure it's right. We've got to make sure they're happy. So I, I'm around all the time. And I would find myself bouncing between two stores, and those stores would do good, we'd make money, and then the other two stores would take all that money to stay open. So I'd bounce over to those two stores and work those for a while and the other other ones. So it was it was juggling, and it, it just didn't make sense to me to continue to do that. And you enjoy the customers. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm a customer. I don't know. You might not enjoy having me, but no, I, I know for the, <laughs> for the most part, you enjoy the customer interaction spot or part of this business uh, as much as any other part of the business, right? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Um, you know, the, the thing I like about this business, too, is we, we, we fix something. We build something. So uh, every day, you know, Mrs. Jones brings her car and it's a little noise in there. And you know what? We get into that car. We find out what it needs. We fix it. Mrs. Jones leaves. That car doesn't make noise anymore. I have a sense of accomplishment because, hey, I, I, I fixed something. I built something. And Mrs. Jones is happy, patting us on the back, giving us money, of course. But um, <laughs> I, So this, this is a great job. You have a good sense of accomplishment every day. It's not like um, you know coming in there and punching a computer and just going da-da-da-da-da or right. whatever. We're, we're doing stuff, and, and I really like that about the automotive business. And, you know... Working on cars today, it's a freaking challenge because we're all makes and all models. And, you know, we have a little quirk and we find out it's a, a pinched wire under the driver's airbag module, you know, and you're like, hey, I don't know. Yeah. That right. That's- um, so what's the hardest part about the, you know, auto repair business? Coming in every morning? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's challenging because... Cars are, are strange, you know, they have little problems you're searching out, and sometimes customers don't understand. They come in and say, hey, you know, my check engine light's on, and we're working on that car for an hour. And they say, what's taking so long? They don't realize that we've, you know, pulled some diagnostic codes out of the car, and now we're online putting those in to see what the correct uh, repair path is, what to look for, what could cause it, what couldn't cause it, what other components are involved in that. So it's Sometimes, especially as the cars get more and more complex, uh, that, that's a little bit of a challenge. So, you know, you have a lot of technical expertise in this because of the business. You know, you're fixing cars. There's a lot of education that you have that the customer, the general consumer doesn't have. Also, too, you're working back in the shop where they're sitting in the lobby. So, you don't, they don't get to watch you doing all of this work. That's so. True. How do you address that dynamic? If you notice when you walk in the showroom, now we have a TV screen up there, and it, it'll show you um, various parts of the car. And we can actually run videos to show you how this works, how this heater valve opens, or why you need this particular sensor. And so it'll explain it to you. And then we have a, a lot of uh, still frames throughout the showroom, too, so we can explain to the customer. But in simple terms, you know, you're not going to get technical. I'm not going to say the millivolts on your O2 sensor are a little high and my eyes just glazed over. Okay. <laughs> so so you actually invested money into technology that can help explain and kind of, you know, you, you understand that challenge so you can address it so that it's not, 
you know, it's not a big, big issue every day, and it actually helps out the customer, and it's basically the customer experience, right? Sure, sure. And yeah. I mean, and you say that investment in this this particular business, the tire business is easy, but we do a lot of service and we do yeah. everything soup to nuts. So the investment in that, the investment in your employees, um, our training budget is is literally tens of thousands of dollars a year to keep our technicians up to spec. We send them to different schools, take different training modules, get them certified. And then the, the equipment's crazy. I mean, this, the, the stuff in the showroom to show the customer, but the, the equipment we need to diagnose those problems. Um, and, you know, the scanner, which gives us the information from the guard, it's got to be updated every six months. Crazy, crazy expensive on all that stuff. But if you're going to be in that in this business, that's what you got to do. You have to understand it. Yeah. Yeah, you have to be right there. Um, you do, you know, being a single unit right here in the heart of Davie, right? You're very much involved in the community. Yeah, right? you, you got to be. And, you know, I, I told you how we started, but this is a another quick story I'll give you. Absolutely. My, uh, when my dad opened the bank account, grabbed his checkbook, the first check he wrote was the Davie Chamber of Commerce. And uh, he believed in getting involved. And so we went from there. And when my mom came down, she actually became president of the Chamber of Commerce for a while. So how do you find time to do those things? Because a lot of business owners, they're in their business, working, you know, the, the day is long. They're there to, when they open, they're there when they close, right? How have you found the time to kind of, I know you play Santa Claus too. So how have you found time to kind of do those things, to step outside the business a little bit, to work on it instead of in it? Well, you know, I'm lucky, again, years but the, the the employees that have been with me now are pretty good and they understand that i i've got to do certain things and and when i play santa claus you know they they're all geared up in fact they're decorating the bikes out here and they're getting me ready yeah, it's a big deal for the whole whole group but I, I have good people that know if i go to kiwanis club on tuesday for lunch they know i'm, I'm going to be gone for an hour and a half they'll cover for me and you know you, you spend some evenings occasionally going to the mixers or cocktail hours or what you have to, and uh, and the Chamber Breakfast is always a, a great place. Davy, um, Davy Cooper City Chamber is an excellent, excellent group. So I get involved in that. So how do you how do you handle the staff when it comes to I'm going to be gone? How do you prepare them? Like, do you do anything onboarding wise, hiring wise? When you're looking to hire or onboard or train people, what is something that you do that kind of prepares them for working in your shop? Um, you know, handling the business that you want to handle, making it representative the day to day that you want it to be handled. Give us some things that you've done that you that have uh, worked over the years that help you out with some staff well, things like that. You know, the the front counter people, that's your front line people. Yep. And that's that's what the customers see, and and those those guys know how I'm going to treat the customer, so they better do it the same, and they understand my philosophy. You know, and if a customer's unhappy about a a ten dollar part. They they know if I get involved in it, they're gonna I'm gonna take care of it, give them the part. So yeah. they take care of the customer. And once they once they learn that, and they've they've been here long enough now, they know they, they're gonna give it the the Joe test and say, yeah, I'm gonna take care of this. What would Joe do? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what yeah, would Joe get do? A button this way right? No, no, that's already that's yeah. already created. <laughs> <laughs> so that's good, and and you know they they try hard not to let anything come to me. Um, yeah, and and they do a good job. I, I put my cell phone on every invoice. I said if you're not 100% happy, ask for me. If I'm not in, 
here's my cell phone. Call me and tell me what I got to do because I want you to be happy. Wow. Um, and it's my real cell phone, and I answer it all hours of the night, and uh, I I very rarely get a call. So when you so next time anybody listening to this, when you get your invoice, <laughs> test it out. Around 2 a.m. is when he typically likes to be called <laughs> with with different things. And just ask him a question. Just ask him how his night's going. Uh, you can do that. Joe won't mind. Won't mind at all. I have a few glasses <laughs> of red wine under my belt, then, and I'll give you the right answer. I'll give you the yeah. I'll give you the right answer, whatever you want to hear. So how do you handle that with the customer? So if you're the point person, right, for all customer, you know, handling, right, if that's the culture, how do you handle customers that don't really, that aren't understanding of the process? I mean, I've seen cases where people want to buy their own parts and have you install them or just, you know, just not happy customers where they're not happy just because they didn't understand or they don't understand the business. How do you handle those situations? Well, you know, and David, it's, it's this business, they're coming in with a broken car. So it's not like a hair salon where I'm going to make myself beautiful. I got to come in and spend money that I wasn't planning on spending because now my car is leaking or making the noise. So right off the bat, again, those frontline people are going to take care of the customer, you know, be apathetic to them, say, hey, we're going to help you. And um, that calms them down a little bit. And honestly, you're... I'm going to say you're not going to make everybody happy, but we, we try to because someone's got to fix your car. Yeah. So if you're not happy with me, tell me why you're not happy. And if they want to bring their own part, um, you know, I'll, I'll talk to them. I'll say, if you need to do that, let me see if I can get a, a comparable part that's less money so you won't have to bring your own part. Because, of course, if you bring your own part and it fails, you got to pay me all over again, and, and I hate to do that. And it's not going to make you happy. So let's try to find a, a happy medium there. And, and normally I can. So you come from a genuine spot, right? Really caring about the customer. Um, and then, you know, just always wanting to accept it. But I, what I find interesting about that is you, have, you already have and you teach your staff to have an understanding of when the customer walks in, they're already not pleased or happy because they're spending money that they didn't think they were going to have to spend whereas some other service-based businesses they're looking forward to it because they're going to get pretty or get a great meal or you know their car's going to look nice uh, after a nice car wash but yours is the other end so if you're if the person is not happy they're walking in that way i had similar situation when i was a guest service director at a hotel and i would train the bellman and I was like, you never know what the person's experience was before they walked through the door. They, the flight attendant on the flight, they could have flown Spirit Airlines and been unhappy with the seat, right? And the stewardess was, you know, rude to them. And then the car rental person, they had to wait two hours. And here they come walking through your front door. And there you are. And they just unloaded on you right there. So you have no idea what's going on. I find that, um, I find that pretty cool. They, uh, and, I didn't really realize that about the industry until you just said it. Yeah, you definitely, and you know, and I'm proud of my guys. Uh, um, Christy's probably the best, you know, and um, you have a girl on that front counter; it's excellent. And, and guys will come in there, and and she'll calm them down, and and, and make them feel good, you know. And, and and I'll see somebody who's coming in here hot about their car, even if it's hot about something that we fixed last week, and they're still having a problem. Mm -hmm. And in a minute, they'll be chuckling with her and saying, "Yeah, okay, we're good," you know. And and so um, she's she's good at that. Yeah. And uh, she's, she's training the rest of the boys. <laughs> uh, so let's talk a little bit more about the, the business side of it, because you've been doing this for a long time. I mean, since you were 16 years old, your dad and, you know, the family doing it. But 
what's a time that you know you were a little bit scared wasn't sure it's gonna work like oh man i gotta like go find a job or something else out there like what's a time where you were scared that it wasn't gonna really work out you know i told you dad and i my dad and i started this business together but as far as my dad's concerned i was a snot-nosed kid even though <laughs> since since 85 i think i've run every aspect of every store we've had but he was still sure that i didn't know what i was doing but um Finally, back in 2007, um, he agreed to, to sell out to me because it was time. Mm-hmm. And um, and we negotiated for about a year, and then finally I took over, and I got married that same year. So new store, I took every dime I had to, to pay my father because, of course, he reminded me that it's worth every dime. Yeah, yeah. And I agreed. I built it, here. but it didn't matter. Anyway. <laughs> so I, I, I'm walking into this thing broke, and then... 2007, the housing bubble burst. No one had money. My my construction con or uh, construction accounts were parking their trucks. They weren't doing any work. And um, damn, all of a sudden I was struggling. Yeah. And um, I I thought, what the hell did I do? And uh, and you know, my wife who didn't understand anything about it, the, the the business said, oh, you know. What did I marry? (laughs) Right? I have a feeling my wife did the same (laughs) thing. You know? Yeah, that's it. So, um, you know, that that was a that was a wake up. That was a reality check. I had to um I had to just How'd you get through it? You know what? I I reevaluated everything I was doing. Um and uh, took on a lot more responsibility just myself. I said, um, I need to be in the service department and fix those problems, which I did. And then at night, I would straighten out some bookworking problems that I had. And uh, it took about eight months until I got comfortable. And then, um, and then, thank God, you know, the next year, the economy started coming around, and boom, we just took off. Yeah. Um, everybody was working again. It was great. And and, um, and made it to where we are. What's some lessons you learned from that that you do today? Because it sounds like you had to put on a lot of hats. Because if you were fixing some book work and doing some, you know, the service desk, you know, I, I remember even since we've been doing business where you worked in the, you know, back in the shop, right? Ordering parts and keeping that whole thing organized. And now you're training people doing that. So what's the lessons back from that that you still carry over? Well, you know, one of the big lessons was I, I had a, a bookkeeper, um, nice girl, but didn't know what she was doing. And... Um, you know, I would casually say, how are we doing? Oh, everything's good. Yeah, we got everybody paid. And then uh, finally one of my major tire suppliers called me and said, you know, I didn't get a check last month from you. And I, I just asked the bookkeeper. She said, yeah, we're all good. And ends up the bookkeeper, my bookkeeper and their bookkeeper were friends. And they just joked and laughed. But, you know, when the big <laughs> boss found out what was going on and, and, you know, made me look stupid. Yeah. And um, all of a sudden I said, you know what? I, I got I to gotta start running these reports and seeing what's going on. And uh, I got that straightened out. And, you know, as far as working in the back, that is that is the heartbeat of this business, that service desk. You know, you're looking at the cars. You're listening to what the technician says is wrong. You're writing the estimate up. You're finding the parts. That's what makes this business run. And, and honestly, I, I told you earlier, you know, you're building something. Well, that's you're building from that desk. That's, yeah. That's Construction Central there. So um, I like working there. Um, now, I, I, I did uh, actually promote one of my guys uh, doing, doing a real good job. But, uh, you know, one day a week, time. I like to go down there and I say, you know what, you relax, or uh, he coaches soccer. I said, leave a little early for soccer. Let me get in that desk. 
and I, I get it going again. I, I worked this Monday all day. He was at a soccer tournament. And I got done. We had a really nice day Monday, and I said, damn, I miss this. Oh, yeah. yeah. Look he, at that. Look at that. He came back. He saw the numbers. He was, oh, man, I'm not out of a job, am I? I said, no, no. I, was, I, was, I just want to show you how the master works. Right? Show you, show you how everything's done. Yeah. So when you're working that, and I've sat back there and watched you, and we've hung out while you were doing that job, one of the things you're really great at is the way that you treat your vendors. Okay, the people that um, supply your parts, myself, you know, we've become friends, um, things like that. I Obviously, on my end, right, I think that that's important, right? But do you find that that's a necessary skill, like, to be able to treat those, the vendors and the people that are supplying you with, you know, respect? And, like, what are things that you do to make sure, because I've seen you be able to, like, hey, man, I just need this real quick, and they'll, they'll hop up and do it for you. Yeah, that's you know that's that mutual respect you get from the vendors, and and I, I like to say I I see my vendors, the sales reps or their their delivery vehicles, and they bring them to us for service. So first off, that speaks well that, that they like us. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe we spend a lot of money with them, but they still like us, and they trust our service. You know, that if if the Napa is getting all their trucks fixed at Kovac, you know, yeah, because they delivered everybody. Yeah. Um. So, but the the vendor relations, honestly. If I can't treat you good, I, I don't need you as a vendor. You know, there's something wrong. Yeah. And um, and there's vendors I, I just, I, I saw no relationship with. We're not going to do it. I mean, and, and we don't have to be friends. Me and you have to be friends. God knows why. But, um, <laughs> but you know, with my other vendors, they, they respect us. Um, we don't make crazy demands on them, you know. And, um, and Monday when I was on a busy day, I, I goofed up. I forgot to hit send on the computer and I needed a thermostat. And it was 5.30, and they closed at 5.30, and I texted the the manager, and I said, hey, I screwed up. He goes, I'll, I'll bring it out right now to you, you know? Yeah. So that was big, um, and, and they'll do it for us because, you know, we appreciate it. We don't we don't beat them up. Yeah, you have you have mutual respect back yeah. and forth, yeah. right. back and forth. All right, so what would you tell somebody? They said, man, you know what? I want to open an auto repair business, right? Now, you're you're big. In Goodyear, you've won a lot of awards. You go on like crazy trips. They pay for you to go do stuff now. But I know that's also because you earned it, right? What would you tell that person? Hey, th- this is what you have to do first and foremost if you want to open up an auto repair shop. What's the first thing you tell them? So, you know, it's a, it's a funny perspective because I told you I sold a couple stores. Yeah. And um, I've sold stores that are doing beautiful. Uh, and I've sold stores that I took them back and sold them again. The, the ones that don't make it are the guys that say, I see Joe. He's got a good job. I want to do that. And so they come and sit in the office and watch videos and sort of sit back. And I said, that doesn't work in this business. You're, this is a people business. Number one, you got to be hands-on. you got to greet the customers. And, you know, I, I remember the one guy said, I don't like people. I said, what the hell did you buy this <laughs> store for then, you know? Because this, this is definitely a people deal. And, you know, if there was a problem, if there was a problem, I'm sitting in my office. I don't care what I'm doing today. If I hear a problem... If I heard a problem right now, I'd walk out there and say, hey, what's up? Take and care I'd of it. I'd expect that out of you. Yeah, because you, you can't let it go. These guys don't want to do that. So if you want to be in the in the tire business, but any business, you got to be hands-on. That doesn't mean you have to change tires or change spark plugs. Now, I started doing that, so I know how to do it, but I don't do it now. <laughs> um, but you got to be out there. you got to talk to your people. you got to know what they're doing. Understand what they're doing. doesn't mean you have to do it. And understand your customer. Know your customer. That's crazy not to, not to want to 
hey, talk to your customer, you know? The, the, the dry cleaners that I know that do well, and I know you do a lot of dry cleaners, but yeah. the guys that I know that do well, you know, it's because the people come up and say, hey, Bob, how you doing? What? And they start talking about golf or whatever. And, the, and you know, my, my, the guy that's a dry cleaner, he'll, he'll talk golf stories, even though he probably yeah. doesn't know a thing about golf, you know? Yeah. In Taiwan or wherever he's from, they didn't play golf, but he, he talks a good story with that customer, and it's funny. But that guy's successful. Yeah. Um, and that, that's what you got to be. And, and as a consumer, you want to deal with, you want to see that familiar face, you know? I'm sure you walk into bars and they know what you're drinking and put it up right in the counter right away for you. <laughs> right, <don't> you? <laughs> that's, um, that's one of the things that, uh, you know, I try to tell everybody is, you know, from the first time they walk in, you treat them like a regular, right? Treat them like a regular. Get to know them. Get to know who they are. Get to know the things that they like. You know, you make personal connections. You'll create long-term customer. The other side, though, because you do that, allows you to pick up great customers through bad times, right? Like, so if you mess up something, they will go right to you. You know, uh, one of my dry cleaners is actually really great at that. He can mess up clothes, and they'll go right to him, just say, hey, man, and no problem, because he, he can, before they even walk up, he knows their number, whatever system he has it in there, and he pulls it right out, and he'll have it ready when they park their car because uh, he knows who they it's are. It's interesting. See, my dry cleaner's like that, too. He can mess up clothes. Ben's <laughs> <laughs> uh, there, unfortunately. But, uh, right? <laughs> Any other advice you would give to the uh, the business community out there? Um, you know, anything else you want to share over your well, – you've been doing it 85 years, right? <laughs> <laughs> anything else you want to share with them that would maybe help them out? You know uh, – Tire business is, is a good business, but there's a lot of business. Dry cleaning business is a good business. It's a car wash. That's a fun business, you know. But whatever you do, put your heart in it. We're lucky. South Florida's lucky. You can't beat this weather, mm -hmm. you know. On the latest trip, one of my tire companies went on a trip. They were all from Wisconsin, and we went to the islands. I felt so bad for those son of a guns. <laughs> and, and the trouble was they had connection flights. So some of them had to sleep in Chicago because they weren't flying out of Chicago. They better oh. got in. But we're lucky. We're in South Florida. We get some crazy tourists. Driving's tough, especially right now. But, uh -huh. but that's great for me because that's all those cars with all those tires on the road and something's going wrong with every one of them. So that's good. But embrace your community. Embrace this, this South Florida. What a great place to be. What a great place to live. Look at that. It's beautiful today. Fact, it is. <laughs> it really is. I hope there's a bunch We've got to jump on the boat and go fishing a little bit. What do you think? I'm down. I'm down. If you're well, ready, we talking I'll go. to the stupid machine. Part. I don't know, man. I don't know. All right, brother. I appreciate you, man, and uh, I love working with you and everything that you do. And uh, I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thanks, David. All right, brother. Been a pleasure working with you guys too.